Good morning, LCM. Good morning. Today is Sunday, March 22nd, 2020. I just want to remind you, in case you forgot, that we are the Church of the Living God. Yes. We are LCM of the One Association. We're not coming to you from a bunker deep in the mountains of the Appalachian chain somewhere, administered by the CDC. We come to you live, in person, surrounded by our family, friends, and the true body of Christ with the DCD kind of attitude. Amen. Today's message is entitled, Drenched in Destiny. Drenched in Destiny. Come on, let me remind you of something we covered in Leviticus 17.11. It says, for the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have, say have, church, have, have. I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. You know, what we have received is one of the most precious substances in the universe. That's been given to us. That's what we have. That's what we possess. That we have also been given that blood that enables us to receive atonement because our destiny has been purchased by the blood of Jesus. Oh my goodness, you can tell how much somebody loves something by what they were willing to pay for it. Mm. It's not that this blood will be given to you. It's that this blood has already been given to you. Today we will not be talking to you about what you must become. We will be talking to you about what the Word declares you already are. Let's go to Leviticus 14 together. It's become a familiar passage. Its parallel is in Leviticus 9. Two kinds of people, lepers and priests, receive this anointing. Two kinds of people in this room, those who used to be lepers and now are priests, and those who used to be lepers and are now are priests. Starting in the 14th verse, the priest is to take some of the blood of the guilt offering and put it on the lobe of the ear of the one to be cleansed, on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. The priest shall then take some of the log of oil and pour it on the palm of his own left hand. Dip his right forefinger into the oil in his palm and with his finger sprinkle some of it before the Lord seven times. The priest is to put some of the oil remaining in his palm on the lobe of the right ear of the one to be cleansed, on the thumb of the right hand and on the big toe of the right foot, on top Of the blood of the guilt offering. Somebody say on top of. On top of. The rest of the oil. In the palm of the priest. Shall be put on the head of the one to be cleansed. And make atonement for him. You have been atoned for. In the blood of Jesus Christ. You have been. Are being. And will continue to be. Empowered by the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Everywhere his blood touches you. His empowerment is also touching you. You are empowered to fulfill your destiny. You have been drenched in the blood of Jesus Christ so that you could be drenched in the Spirit of Jesus Christ. This is not something that you are striving to obtain. This is something that the Bible says has been given you right now. Your destiny is here. Your destiny is now. You have these things. You are not striving for these things. Let's turn to Leviticus chapter 26. Man, what a good sermon. We are starting off with three passages in Leviticus. It was actually asked us on the mission field one time. What is the book of Leviticus for anyway? I bet they're meeting in a bunker in Norway right now. (laughs) I bet you they're not meeting at all. Leviticus chapter 26. In verse 13, the book of Leviticus is written to instruct the Levites, the priests, on what they're supposed to be doing. In verse 13, it says this, I am the Lord your God. Don't you just love it when the Lord reminds you of who he is? Man, isn't that what part of our worship service was about, was reminding us of his greatness? And then we understand how we are supposed to respond in kind. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Somebody say brought. Brought. Let me give you a little English lesson really quickly. This is past tense. Oh. Means it's already happened. I brought you out of Egypt so that you would no longer be slaves. See, you used to be slaves, but you're not a slave anymore. You used to be in bondage, but you're not in bondage anymore. No longer slave to the Egyptian. I broke the bars of your yoke. 
Come on, man. Woo! Man, we should be able to stop right now because you should understand that your bars, the yoke, the thing that held you down, the thing that tied you up has been broken off of your life. And it gets even better. Oh, come on. Come on now. You ready for this? Yes. See, all of that was for a purpose. When you've been drenched in the blood, when you've been drenched in the oil, it is for a purpose. I broke the bars of your yoke and enabled. Somebody say enabled. Enabled. I enabled you to walk with heads held high. Come on. Put your shoulders back. Come on now. Let the Lord see your face for a minute. See, when you've been drenched in your identity, you're able to walk with heads held high. See, we don't need masks in this place. You don't need to have your heads hanging low. What you were is not what you are now. He has empowered you. He has enabled you to walk in your identity. Drenched in who you are. Drenched in the purposes of God. See, you were slaves. You did have bars. But those things have been broken off of you. God has already put you in a divine dimension. Man, what an incredible God that we have. Before we knew what was coming, he knew what was coming. He was saying, come on, church. Come on, LCM. Walk in the divine dimension that I have for you. He's already put you there. Your thoughts are now elevated. Your identity is now elevated. Your destiny is now elevated. And you are now enabled to continue to walk in that every day. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, turn to Exodus 19, verse 5, with your head held high. Yeah. Say destiny whenever you're there. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me. As Nazareth says, you will you will be to me a kingdom of priests. Say kingdom of priests, kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. You know, being a kingdom of priests has always been our destiny. It was always their destiny, and therefore it's always ours. But not everybody that, it, that this was spoken to reached their destiny. But you are standing in yours now. Amen. You're standing in your destiny now. Disobedience deprives some of them from their destiny. But divine dimensions demand you to be a people that are determined to walk in your destiny as you are doing it right now. Somebody say, I'm doing it now. I'm doing Doing it it now. now. You know, some have denied their destiny by walking in disobedience. But I got got good news for you this morning, church. That is not who we are. That doesn't define us. The blood, oil, and identity of Christ have purchased the destiny that we are currently walking in to be a kingdom of priests. Divine dimensions have drenched us in our present destiny to be that kingdom that God wants to see on earth and that being of a priest. Now, when you hear the word priest, you could think of uh, a certain kind of color and a strange male that you don't trust your children around. You could think of an Episcopalian with a funny hat. You could think of so many things. But the first kind of priesthood introduced in the Bible was not derived from earthly tribes. Let's all go together to Genesis 14. Let us know you are there when you are there. Who's holding their head high in the house of LCM? Genesis 14 and verse 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of Most High, of God Most High. And he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. You know, this passage reveals something. There always has been, there is right now, and there will always be a divinely destined, divinely inspired priesthood. If disobedience disqualifies some, then the divine dimension will drench a new people in their destiny because God will have his kingdom on earth. 
of people who walk in divine dimensions carrying out their destiny is what you are. It's not what you're called to be. It is what you are right now. When I look at Gabriel Arius, I see a man who is walking in his destiny. When I look over here at Paul, I see a man walking in his destiny. Just like my son who is married. He's not trying to be a husband. He is a husband. For the rest of our lives, we will walk in this destiny and we will do it in increasing vigor, in increasing dedication, increasing power. We will not back up. We will not deteriorate. We will not be deluded. In the name of Jesus Christ, this is mine and this is now. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 32. Come on, church. What a good word you're hearing from your pastors today. This is the attitude that we are supposed to have. When you are walking in your destiny, when you are drenched in your destiny, you can have the confidence to boldly move forward. Look at Exodus 32 and verse 26. In Genesis, we saw the heavenly origin of the priesthood. Let's see how it came through the tribe of Levi. In verse 26, it says, So he stood at the entrance to the camp and said, Whoever is for the Lord... Is there anybody for the Lord in this place today? Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And the Levites rallied. Come on, somebody say rally. We're holding a rally, y'all. It is time for us to rally as the church of God. Not hide, not go away, not vanish, not politely excuse ourselves from any endeavor. It is time for us to rally in the house of the Lord. Look at verse 29. Then Moses said, you have been set apart to the Lord this day. Why were they set apart? They didn't just answer a cry. They didn't just attend a rally. They became those who partook, who were drenched in the destiny, and they did what they were called to do. They did what they must do. They did what they were created to do. You have been set apart to the Lord this day. Come on now. What a special place to be. Set apart unto the Lord. For you were against your own sons. (laughs) your own brothers, and he has blessed you this day. Isn't that the excuse that people are giving not to meet right now? If you really love your neighbor, then you will stick your head between your knees, kiss your salvation goodbye, and assume a crash position. Are you kidding me? I asked a woman just the other night in ministry 30 years with her husband right there. Ma'am, do you really believe that the global body of Christ should stop meeting because a few thousand people have died? She didn't know how to answer the question. How could we not be prepared to answer this question? The disciples at the table began to laugh until it was uncomfortable. And one of them stood up and said, do you agree with that? Finally, she was put on the spot and she said, I think every person will have to have to make up their minds for themselves. And of course, she missed service the next day. Friends, that is not what we are. That is not our destiny. Church, you have to remember this. You have to remember what determined your destiny. See, we are actually talking about a holy defiance. Say it with me. Holy Holy defiance. A holy defiance. See, any allegiance derived from associations with the lower earthly realms that are around us. Are you hearing the churches that are announcing not meeting? Do you hear what they're saying as if they've been given a script by the enemy? Well, in consultation with local authorities. Not one of those churches have I heard them say in consultation with a higher heavenly authority. I've heard none of that. See, we are in consultation with the Lord that says you cannot refuse to meet together. See, you have to have that kind of a holy defiance that rises up within you. This is not defiance against a virus. It's not defiance against God's workings on the earth. It's defiance against being conformed into a little pansy Christian that cannot stand. That's the holy defiance. It's defiance to fear. It's defiance to carnality. It is not defiance to the working of God on earth. We acknowledge He is sovereign in this. And we stand with Him whether we get sick or not. Our divine destiny, which you hear Elder Eric saying, is driven from a higher dimension. Elder Eric. Grandpa Eric. (laughs) Church, we are priests. 
That's because the anointing is on his hands. It just slipped right out. <laughs> Church, look at me. We are priests. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying that we are priests. I'm saying that we are priests here in this yes. place today. See, some have denied their destiny by walking in disobedience. But that's not who we are. No. That's not who LCM is. See, we've had the blood, the oil, and our identity drenched upon us, purchased our destiny for us, and we're walking in it now. Our divine dimensions have drenched us in our present destiny. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right, turn to Numbers chapter 16. Say, they, uh, say destiny whenever you're there. Oh, come on. You're going to want to get there. There we go. We're not talking about destiny's child. We're talking about a fully grown warrior of God. What? Do we have a kingdom of priests in this house today? Verse 46. Then Moses said to Aaron, take your censer and put incense in it, along with fire from the altar. And hurry. Everybody say hurry. Hurry. Hurry to the assembly to make atonement for them. Wrath has come out from the Lord. The plague has started. So Aaron did as Moses said and ran. Say ran. 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 Into the midst of the assembly. The plague had already started among the people, but Aaron offered the incense and made atonement for them. Come on, somebody say that's good in the house of God. That's good. good. It's about to get better. Verse 48, he stood between the living and the dead. Where did he stand? Between. And the plague stopped. But 14,700 people died from the plague. In addition to those who had died because of the Cora, I mean Corona virus. Then Aaron returned to Moses at the entrance to the tent of meeting. For the plague stopped. Look, the rebellion has already been put down. The blatantly disobedient are dead. Those deceived by them need to be drenched in their new heavenly destiny. Amen. This is an opportunity for us. It's an opportunity to direct, to dedicate, to demonstrate the divine dimensions as a destined priesthood. You know what? We don't need to drum up incense. Aaron didn't have to go drum it up. He already had it. Incense in the Bible is your intercession with the Lord. We don't need to drum up incense. We need to display it during these dark times. We don't need to deviate in our direction. We just need to deepen our determination to run into the fray. Is somebody determined? Our destiny is to stand in the midst of the problem. Between the living and the dead. So that the dead can be drenched in the divine destiny. And embrace their life call as priest. This is an opportunity for us. And we are going to take advantage of it. Aaron gives us an incredible model of what a priest is, running towards the problem, going in the midst of things. We want to show you a slide to help you to understand the Hebrew word for priest. It's Cohen. Everybody say Cohen. Cohen. What you have here of reading from right to left in the Hebrew. You have the letter for <coughs> cough. <laughs> no spiritual distancing. <laughs> The symbol for cough in the paleo was an open hand. Somebody hold out your hand. Come on, an open hand. The letter, the next letter is a hey. Everybody raise both hands. Hey, what's up? Come on now, we are not worried about what's going on. We have the revelation that comes from the heavens. And the last letter. Thousands of years before microscopes. What Moses would have scripted about this letter is the exact picture that you see there. It's clearly a tadpole. (laughs) (laughs) And it just so happens that the letter noon reflects how to continue or sons. See, what you have here is you have a not only a word for Cohen, but you have a picture that the Bible is trying to develop for you. You have an understanding that it's trying to more than just hint at. It's trying to tell you at multiple levels of what a Cohen is, of who he and she are and what they're supposed to be. You have someone who has an open hand with the revelation that comes from the Son. 
You have someone that has an open hand about the revelation on how to be and continue walking as a son. This is an incredible picture here that we're learning of what a priest is, about what their destiny is. If you let the CDC determine how you react to all of this, then they will tell you to be a proper son of the CDC. You will be a little pansy with Purell in your open palm, ready to sanitize anyone. What good would it do to get rid of the germs on your hand if your soul is deteriorating and on the way to hell? In the name of Jesus Christ, we are sons of God who will stand up with a revelation in our hand for a dying world. Church, this has given me inspiration this morning. That I can stand here with a surety of my destiny because I'm standing here as a son. I'm standing here with a revelation. I'm standing here with an open hand because I am a priest. Are you a son? Are you standing here with a revelation? Are you standing with us as a priest? Well, turn to Revelation 1 with us and say destiny whenever you're there. Verse 5, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Oh my God. Mm-mm-mm. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has, what's that next word? Made, made, us. made us to be a kingdom and priest. Say kingdom. 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 And priest. And priest. To serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, church, this is not something we're trying to become. It's something that he has made us to be. It's what we are now. It's what we're confident in walking in now here on earth. We won't deny our destiny through disobedience. That's not who we are. Because God's plan was. Say was. 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 Is, say is, is, will, and say will, 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 be for us to demonstrate our divine destiny through our priesthood. This exact language shows up at least three times in the book of Revelation. Never is it something that we hope to become. Never is it something that is hanging out there like a carrot in the distance. When you speak to people, a lot of times the way that we insulate ourselves from the truth of our identity is it's always something that we're working on and towards. No, my friend, it is something that we are living in right now when we might as well live all out for Jesus Christ in our destiny. Let's go to Revelation 5. We're going to pick up in verse 9. Oh, y'all not slacking off on me, are you? <laughs> and they sang a new song, Revelation 5, 9. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God They will reign on the earth. They are presently priests and they will reign on the earth. I am a priest. Say that. I am a priest. Listen, he devoted you to your destiny in his blood. That was the price that was paid for it. I will not give up that identity easily. He dedicated you to your destiny through the oil and empowerment of his Holy Spirit. He drenched you in your identity that is displayed in His Word. I will not be backed away from it. Will you? No, No, that's not who you are. Your destiny was. Your destiny is. Your destiny always will be to walk in divine dimensions. Your job is to delineate the difference between life and death as you stand in the midst of difficulty as a priest of God. That is your destiny. Let's look at Revelation chapter 20. Let's look at the third instance of this exact same phrasing to us. This exact same portrayal of our destiny. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 6. It says this. Blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. My goodness. 
Do you know why we don't have to fear death? It's because we've already laid down our life in Christ. We've already identified with His death, burial, and resurrection. We're already walking in a resurrected life now. That's why we have no fear. Come on now, if you and your family get sick, call on us. We'll come lay hands on them and they'll recover. We're not worried about this. We are blessed and holy because we're part of a first resurrection. The second death has no power over them. Listen to this. But they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Do you hear that destiny that's proclaimed to us for the third time? A trinity of what God is saying to us. It is your destiny to walk as a priest. You were a priest. You are a priest. And you will be able to reign with him as a priest. See, he is looking at what you have been. He is looking at what you are. And he's looking at what he's destined you to be as priest of God and of Christ. Because it is what you are doing now. Somebody say now. 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 This is not about something far off in the distance. It's about what we're doing now. Somebody say now. Now. And you will get to do it forever. Man, what an incredible thought today. Oh, Corona. Corona. Corona might kill me. Ah, It's true that I may die, but at least I will have actually lived first. Hey, not only that, we may die, but it will not be because we were deterred. Church, we will not be defeated. We will not be deflated. We will not disappoint our king. We will not be decapitated or separated from our head, who is Christ. We cannot be deteriorated. We cannot be dissolved. We will not be defective. We are not dysfunctional. (laughs) We are not diseased. And even though I'm an elder, not (laughs) decrepit. Church, the world may have spiritual dysentery, but we are distinct (laughs) and that we have divine destiny. (laughs) We are literally drenched in our priesthood forever. How long? Forever. How long? Forever. Let's go to Psalm 110 and verse 4. Yes. Drenched in it. You know, I just traveled all over uh, the epicenter of all of this. And I thought when I got back to the United States, there would be medical tents waiting for me and all kind of questionnaires. They asked me one question. Did you bring back alcohol or tobacco? Yes, I did. (laughs) Psalm 110 in verse 4. The Lord has sworn. Mama said you're not supposed to swear. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. That is that heavenly order, that divine dimension, a priest of permanence, a priest forever. The disobedient disqualify themselves by deflecting their divinely demonstrated mandates. But that is not who we are in this house. We are dedicated to our destiny forever. We will not be disqualified. We will not be deterred. We were priests as soon as we were drenched in the blood. That's in the past tense. We are priests because we are drenched and are being drenched in His Spirit right now. Did you feel that during worship? Yes. We will continue to be priests until the resurrection occurs because we are drenched in His identity and will not abort it for any reason. Look, it is important that we grab hold of what is happening here in the spiritual realm. The so-called spiritual giants of our time are demagoguing, denigrating, and demonizing those who are truly dedicated to their destiny. We will not give up the right to assemble easily. But that is not who we are. That is not who we will be. That is not who we have been. Under no time will we give up the right to do what the Word says we are to do. We delight in making the distinction. Others can call it whatever they want, but in the end they will not question the display of our dedication. It's demonstrable because this is our destiny. Somebody say it's my destiny. It's It's my my destiny. destiny. 
when we talk demonstrable destiny that's displayed in our dedication, that is who you are. That is who you will continue to be. That is who you always will be. Do you know why? Because that's who Jesus Christ is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is never a time that he changes his mind because a bunch of bureaucrats tell him to. That is who Jesus Christ is more than that. That is who the Apostle Paul was. Turn to Romans 15. We're going to look at Romans 15 and verse 15. Say destiny when you're there. Romans 15 and verse 15. Come on, I need everybody to get there. Say destiny when you're there. Look at what the Apostle Paul says. I have written you quite boldly on some points. Man, sounds like pastors at LCM. Pastors and elders at LCM. We've written and spoken to you quite boldly on some points. As if to remind you of them again. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us of what you've already told us. Amen. Because of the grace God gave me to be a minister. There is a grace upon this place that you might be a minister. In Paul's case, a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. We don't need a malaria drug to cure what's going on. We need a minister of the divine dimensions to stand up. To be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles with the priestly duty. Somebody say priestly duty. Priestly duty. Oh, honey, I got a priestly duty. <laughs> Look at your girl and say, I got a priestly duty. Look, if you lead your homes well, you won't have to worry about it in the rest of the world around you. Look, don't let fear in your life. Don't let it in your, your home. Don't let it in your community. And walk with your head held high right against the grain. It's our priestly duty. Come on. Verse 16, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles with the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Come on now, as we're all walking in our priestly duties, that means that we are not afraid of what's going on around us. We take the advantage. We take advantage and say, oh man, this is time I get to do a better job in my priestly duties in my own home. I can't go to the, the office place. I have to work from home. Praise God. I can increase my priestly duties in my own home. I can make sure that my kids are full of the word of God. I can go check on my neighbors, lay hands on the sick, and watch them recover. We have priestly duties to become an offering that is acceptable to God. Church, this is who you are. Somebody say, that's who I am. That's who I am. See, you have a priestly duty, and you must walk in it daily. Pastor Piro is going to take you right into Peter's ministry. But I want you to consider what it cost Paul to continue his priestly duty. It was more than a warning. It was more than the United Nations meeting and issuing some kind of uh, decree that they have no power to enforce. It was more than a local mayor warning you. He was actually imprisoned for his priestly duty. Okay? What is at stake here is that we stand up into who we already are. What the blood of Christ has already purchased. When he purchased you, he didn't purchase somebody who might become a priest. When he filled you with his spirit, he didn't empower somebody who might become a priest. When he gave you an identity, it was not an identity that you might have. These are things that the blood of Christ has already given you and you take ownership of and live in fully without fear. When the rest of the world is scared, hold your head up high and say, I am not. When they're worried about the older folks, listen, I am too. They're closer to meeting King Jesus than the younger folks. We need to get our priorities in order. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 2 and say destiny whenever you're there. Get it. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Whoa, a brick house. Yes. To be a holy priesthood. Say holy priesthood. Holy priesthood. Offering spiritual sacrifices to God through G Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, see I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will never, never, be, never be put to shame. Yeah. 
Are we a spiritual house today? Are we a holy priesthood today? Yes. Come on, we're stacking upon that cornerstone. Because that's who we are. We are that priesthood. We're, we have a cornerstone that cannot be dug up. It cannot be moved. A cornerstone whose dimensions cannot be deviated from. A divine cornerstone that is the pillar and foundation of truth on earth. And one that establishes a holy priesthood on earth. Until God reaches down from His throne and tears the 10th chapter of Hebrews out of my Bible and declares it never to have been there, which I think we're safe to say is not going to occur. The cornerstone will not be moved. First Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Royal. That's kingly. You better act like a king because that's what he has called you. A king and a priest. That's not what you're trying to be. That's what you already are. But you are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people belonging to God. And there's a reason for it. That you may declare. Somebody say declare. Declare. When you come back into the United States, they say, do you have anything to declare? I say, how long do you have? I have quite a lot to declare. (laughs) That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into the wonderful corona killing light. Once you were not a people, but now, but now. You are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. See, can you hear it? We declare divine dimensions. We are drenched in our destiny. This is not what we will be. This is what we are right now. You have now received mercy, but it is for a purpose that right now, You stand up as the royal priesthood that the Bible already says that you are. Come on, church. Say now. Now. See, what a different thought for us to have. If you're always waiting until it comes, if you're always waiting to become something, you know what that allows? It allows for you to lower the standard now. It allows for you to not actually have to engage with what the Word says now. It's always somewhere else in the future. See, God is teaching us to be drenched in our destiny now. Let's turn to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. We're going to look at verse 27. Come on, get it, Joyce. Come on, we are building a church full of people who are walking in their destiny and they're doing it now. John 12 in verse 27. Oh, look what it starts with. Come on, now. Now my heart is troubled. Uh Uh-oh. See, this is not us ignoring what's going on around us. This is us fully engaging with it. Now my heart is troubled. And what do you want me to say about it? What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. (laughs) Lord, quarantine me from this hour. But my neighbors might call the hotline. But I I might get fined. Save me from this hour? What does Jesus say? No! It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Yeah! Come on now. The reason that we are here, the reason that you are here at LCM and part of the One Association is now. He brought you here for this very reason. Look at verse 28. Father, glorify your name. Oh, y'all got to do that with us. Father, Father, glorify your name. Oh man, we have a chance to glorify His name now! I have been more excited the past few days than in a long time. I'm like, man, we actually get to have a little bit of chance to show what we've been proclaiming for so very long. We actually get to show it in the face of just a little bitty, (laughs) teeny bit of danger. And that is in air quotes there. But see, we get to actually say, Father... Glorify your name and do it in me because I'm going to walk in my destiny as a priest now. There are devilish devices 
that are designed to get you to deviate from your divine destiny. But those devilish devices will be defeated in Jesus' name. We are dedicated. Somebody say dedicated. Dedicated. To demonstrating our divine destiny. Come on now, this reminds me. You recall with me what Jesus said in the garden. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. He was saying, don't save me from this hour. You put me here. Why would he put you here? So that you might be able to be glorified, Father, through our lives as we walk drenched in a divine destiny. How could we ever quote guys like Finney or Spurgeon again, who walked through literal cholera outbreaks preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is why so many people got saved while they were preaching? How can we quote them any longer? If we deny our destiny. But that's not who we are. We stand up in our destiny. We declare in our destiny. Divine dimensions are at hand. Come on. Turn to Joshua chapter 3 and say destiny when you get there. As you're turning, Pastor Wade has inspired me that thinking on Jesus in the garden. It reminds me of Joshua standing in the middle of the Jordan. He knew and walked in his destiny. And it was on dry ground by my view. So when the people, verse 14, when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant, the priest, who's that? Yeah! The priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Say went ahead. Went ahead. Well, like Aaron, like Joshua, We go ahead of everyone else. We step up and begin to walk in our destiny on earth as it is in heaven. Because it is our destiny to be a kingdom and priest here on earth. Listen, the carnal will look around for consensus. Friends, you don't need everybody to think what you're doing is okay. You don't need to put a poll on Facebook. What you actually need to do is stand up into the destiny that you have and forgive me, but damn the consequences. I am a priest. I don't care what happens because of it. A great price was paid for me to become this. More importantly, the great price was paid for you to become this. Do you know that the Germans only wanted the priesthood of their day to accept a few governmental regulations? And most did. But Bonhoeffer said, I stand here because here I stand. Amen. You better find out where you stand because we've reached our destiny. Speaking of where we stand, let's read the 17th verse. Joshua 3.17. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm. Oh yeah! Stood firmed. Not weak-kneed, limp-wristed little pansies that stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan. They didn't go stick a toe in. They didn't stand somewhere knee-deep where it was safe. They waded out into the middle and they stood firm. Come on, men, in the house of God. While all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing On dry ground. Like Aaron and Joshua. We will stand firm in the middle. Between life and death. In this pandemic of fear. Until all have been drawn. To the divine destiny. That is displayed in us. Because of Christ. Saints. This depends on us. This is our destiny. And we must put it on display. For everyone to see. What dedication to the Lord looks like. Come on, let's look down at Joshua chapter 4 and verse 11. Pastor Matt talked to you about how the the priests, they go out first, they go out and get in front, they went ahead. They stepped out forward before anyone else did. Elder Eric talked to you about how they stood firm in the middle. You know what else the priests do? Let's look at Joshua 4.11. And as soon as all of them had crossed, the ark of the Lord and the priests came to the other side while all the people watched. What are we saying here? That the priests go out before. They stand firm right in the middle of the situation. And you know when they get to come out? When the work is done. When they have finished walking in their destiny. Because then everyone gets to watch them as they exit. Because they were there the whole time. 
They never went anywhere but where the Lord told them to stand. Like Aaron and Joshua church. We will display this destiny in full view of all the people. Not online. Not hidden somewhere. Look, even our carnal critics will have to concede that we... Come on, somebody say we. We. That we are priests dedicated to the Lord's destiny in this house. I understand that the church at Ephesus met underground for six months at a time. What you need to understand, that's because if they were caught above ground at any moment, they were killed immediately, publicly. The 10th chapter of Hebrews says that we joyfully, joyfully endure the confiscation of property and imprisonment and all those things. And some have pointed out quickly, well, they're not asking us to worship other gods, aren't they? Aren't they asking you to bow, bow to fear rather than what the, what the Lord tells you to do? Look, this message, it is for everyone to hear, but it's for the mature to understand. 1 Corinthians 2, uh, uh, if you will all turn there with me. We're going to pick up in the sixth verse. I want you to understand that very rarely will anybody ever stand up and say, deny Jesus Christ. Instead, they'll do it in incremental steps. And the thing is, is as Carlos pointed out, this is not the work of any person that is around us. This is being turned up incrementally upon the whole world. Life, life looks different this month than it did last month everywhere on the globe. I just crossed, I don't know how many, 12,000 kilometers or so to get here. I can tell you it has gripped the whole world. And this is a chance for us to stand up rightly and let people see what Christians are actually made of. Can I tell you that we've read articles of mosques that refuse to stop meeting? I even was forwarded an article where a few brave Catholic priests said our Pope is wrong and they would not stop handing out the Eucharist. Come on, come on. This is our destiny. First yeah. Corinthians 2 and verse 6. <laughs> we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age. Coming to nothing. Can I tell you, we will look back upon this and it will not be the Spanish flu. It will, it will not be uh, Agent Orange in Vietnam. It, it, it will come to nothing. I'm not saying people won't die, but we kill more by abortion every single year than we'll ever die of this. In fact, the best thing that could happen is Planned Parenthood be closed down because of the coronavirus. Who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom. A wisdom that has been hidden. And that God destined. Somebody say destined. Destined. For our glory before time began. Church, there is glory to be had here for the name of the Father. Of course, the carnal critics will say the things that they say. And they will find an easier path. That is what they have always done. That is what they will always do. You be immovable in your destiny. Because a great price was paid for the destiny that you have. Some have denied their destiny by walking in disobedience. That is not who we are in this house. The very precious blood of Jesus Christ purchased a priesthood. It didn't purchase a hiding faction somewhere. It purchased a priesthood. The oil that is the Spirit of Jesus Christ is given to that priesthood to empower them. You have been given that as an empowerment. Now you have learned your identity. And I'm saying that it is your perpetual destiny. These are not things that you must do. This is who you are. And if you deny it, you would be denying the very nature of what God has made you. Oh, it feels good to show up in holiness. It feels good to say, Christ will not allow me to conform. It feels good to say, this is what I am and you can all now see it. This is our destiny. We are praying that you would continue to be drenched 
in it. You have a destiny. You have always had that destiny. And you will walk in that destiny. This is not a message that you must measure up to. This is a message that says, yield to what God has already said that you are. This is not striving. This is trusting. This is not defiance in a carnal way. This is a holy defiance that says you cannot beat me into any other position. Here I stand. Will you stand with me to your feet? All over the world, carnal wisdom is prevailing. Doesn't make every person who's yielded to it a bad person. It just means they don't understand their destiny. I'm asking you a serious question. If they start lopping off heads at the end of the street, what will have been your training to prepare for something like that? We will not yield our right to be encouraged by each other's faith. Can you meet in homes? Of course you can. But I'm not giving up meeting with all of us. Did the early church meet in homes? Yes, of course they did. They also met in buildings just like this one. If you don't believe that, then why do we have church buildings anywhere? We must take our stand in our destiny. No person around us is an enemy. Actually, the enemy is fear that is trying to erode your conviction, but that's not who you are. We are a people of faith. Others will be encouraged or repelled by what we do. But that's what it means to make a distinction between the righteous and the wicked. It's always meant that. We are going to humble ourselves before the Lord. We're going to say to him, we know that these circumstances are totally in your control. And we're excited to be put here. Lord, show us where and how we must stand in every situation. And then we are going to carry out the display of our destiny. No matter what happens. This is the kind of people that are formed in Christ. And that is what's happening here. Raise your hands together. I'm going to begin to pray. And we are going to let the Lord cause us to stand in the midst. Father, we're asking right now, right here, that you would move upon your people. You purchased them, Lord. They are your priesthood. You have a destiny that they are to display. Lord, cement it into their convictions. Lord, may they never bow a knee to pressure in the name.